0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I'm Tracy Harris, and this is At Home in My Head, the podcast that explores life in the cottage at Woodland Corners. Today's episode is part of a seven part series titled Religious Self Destruction that examines indoctrination using models borrowed from identity psychology. I'll be explaining what indoctrination means to me and why I consider it a distinctly unique process that should be differentiated from other life experiences. This series mirrors articles found at the At Home in My Head blog, each of which contains links to sources and citations used in this podcast. A link to the Table of Contents for the Religious Self-Destruction article series is also included in the description, along with links to support and resources for those who come out of indoctrination. And now for Episode 1 of Religious Self-Destruction, Why This Series? When I first deconverted from Christianity, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. My worldview changed from Christian to theist and ultimately to non-theist in a long span of about 10 years. The first shift was swift and dramatic. The second took most of a decade. The result was that I slowly moved away from a world where God was guiding every aspect of my life to one where a material universe operated according to physical realities with no thought to me or any other sentient being existing within it. My entire experience, my reality, Had been significantly altered. Somehow, over time, I'd adopted beliefs that weren't just out of touch with what was going on in the universe, but were in conflict with other beliefs I also held to be true. Inexplicably, I was unable to identify these conflicts without help from others, but only in the area of my life that had been impacted by religion. I won't say I never had this experience in other areas of life, but in the area of religious belief, it was pervasive by comparison. As an example, I once explained to my friend that ocean fossils exist on mountaintops because of the Great Flood. He reminded me some mountain ranges formed by the collision of continental plates. I had learned this in school, I had accepted it, I had no reason to doubt it, and yet this fact, of which we were both aware, immediately occurred to him, but never occurred to me the entire time I was learning this fact about the Great Flood. After deconverting, many things like this occurred to me and I was both disturbed and bewildered that I'd not been able to see it previously. How could none of these things have occurred to me in all the years I'd been attending church and studying the Bible? It didn't seem possible, and yet there I was. I realized there was something about my religious upbringing and education that affected the way I thought and responded, but only with regard to religious claims. Outside of church, in secular areas of my life, I was considered a reasonably bright person, I reasoned fairly well in most matters, often being accused of being over-analytical. But for some unknown reason, I could not rely at all on my ability to critically examine my own religious beliefs. Over the years, I would try and consistently fail to find some explanation for this experience, but I found nothing that resonated. I struggled to describe my experience, and even to my own ears, my descriptions sounded nonsensical. They came out as incoherent phrases like, My mind is not my own, or my beliefs weren't my beliefs. But of course it was my mind, of course they were my beliefs. Who else's would they have been if not mine? They resided right there in my brain, and yet the experience of those thoughts and beliefs was experientially, qualitatively distinct from other things I thought and believed. But how to explain that distinction was a constant source of frustration. Sometimes I would hear others express intuitive comments such as, Tell someone something often enough, and they'll believe it, or get 'em while they're young. And yet, there were many things I'd heard repeatedly while young that were easily dispelled as I got older and learned more. It took almost no convincing, and it didn't leave me feeling as though the world had been ripped away. Alternatively, I'd been drilled with multiplication tables, and I believed them, but I understood multiplication. Two and two and two leaves us with six. I didn't believe it because of repetition. I actually understood the concept and could demonstrate it using models and objects. I didn't believe it because I'd been told it so often or so young. I believed it because I could test it and it worked. There was nothing in my experience that was comparable to religious beliefs. After my deconversion, I would often hear other people expounding on indoctrination. I could tell immediately if they had any idea what they were talking about. Oh, indoctrination is just another word for education. Well, I'd been educated. I'd taken guitar lessons and swimming lessons, and despite my conservative upbringing, I'd attended public school. I'd gone to college. I'd been educated. And it wasn't the same thing as religious indoctrination. It was experientially, qualitatively different. When a friend said to me, Well, we've all been wrong before. I thought, yes, I have been wrong before, many times. And it never had the depth and impact that it had when I realized how wrong I was regarding religion. Generally, when I was wrong, it could be tied to incomplete information or a misunderstanding or even bad assumptions. But with my religious views, there were numerous bits of information I was privy to that should have raised red flags or questions, and it inexplicably never happened. Why didn't I think of all these obvious questions that became so clear to me after I deconverted? How had I become so certain of facts that weren't true? Why had these religious beliefs been so hard to let go of or even question? There was something else going on that was altogether different. For more than two decades, I searched for an explanation and found nothing. I struggled to define my experience, but it was always confused and out of reach. Indoctrination had been happening for centuries to human beings, and yet I was unable to find research that accounted for what I was experiencing. Nothing reflected what I'd gone through. When I began attending conferences for non-believers, I met more people who had the same experience with indoctrination. Alternatively, there were others who had been raised as non-believers and never been indoctrinated. Some people had been raised in religion, but the beliefs never rooted. And then there were those folks who, like me, had dedicated their whole existence to God. We would find a corner somewhere to talk about it, as though we were sharing stories or Bigfoot sightings or UFO abductions. Something we understood and could relate to, but others found absurd. We knew something wasn't right about what we'd experienced. Something was, again, qualitatively different about it compared to other events in our lives. We knew other people couldn't relate. They made it clear with their memes and comments about how stupid Christians are, or how religion is a mental illness. We weren't mentally ill. We weren't stupid. We'd been deceived in a way that was unlike any other deception we'd experienced in a way that left us unable to deploy all the normal defenses human beings generally deploy when they encounter claims that conflict with what they know about the world around them. How had our defenses been so effectively subverted and dismantled in a single context? How had we spent years, and in some cases endured significant abuse, in a belief system we now recognized as so inherently, substantially, and obviously flawed? It was frightening to acknowledge and even more concerning that it seemingly could not be explained. There is no satisfying resolution to a situation no one is able to understand. If I can't figure out what's causing a problem, it becomes much harder to create an effective solution. And since people are still being indoctrinated, it's a persistent problem. Finally, however, I believe I found an area of study that offers some hope of an explanation. I stumbled across an article while researching identity psychology. The content and models resonated with my indoctrination experience, and based on responses I've received from others, I'm not alone. It offered a clear explanation of what I'd been struggling to understand and convey. It launched me on a path of study that resulted in a talk I now have given multiple times. It caused me to set up a survey and allow people to tell their stories and talk about their experiences. This series is for anyone who's come out of indoctrination struggling to understand their past. It's also for anyone who's never been indoctrinated but would like to better understand how a person's skeptical defenses can be neutralized in a specific context, leaving them fully functioning everywhere else. I hope this information will help with those goals, and I invite anyone with an interest in this topic to follow along with me in what I hope will be a journey of discovery. For this episode of At Home In My Head, exploring life in the cottage at Woodland Corners, thanks for listening and don't forget to check out the information and support links in the description. As always, stay safe, be well, and never stop exploring.